get your car washed because it's probably dirty right now. Whether it's you know washing all the germs out, you want to get obviously the germs out of your car, but also you want it to look really nice. Go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. It's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's. And guess what? They have an app. It's the Tommy Club app. So download it. I know you have a smartphone, so you're going to be able to download apps. You don't have a flip phone if you're listening to this podcast. I'm just assuming that. And if you do, more power to you. But if you do, then you're missing out on this great deal. Because if you download the Tommy Club app today, you're going to enjoy endless washing for one low price. Endless washing for one low price at Tommy's Express Car Wash. That's unlimited car washes, unlimited clean, shiny, and dry. Unlimited use of exclusive app lane at Tommy's. Unlimited access to all the Tommy's locations. And there are a lot of them. Unlimited guest service. Most importantly, unlimited happiness. That's a Tommy's Express Car Wash. To Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Welcome in to another short show of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Less than an hour today. The Royals again going into extras, cutting into the show. I'll say this though. They've been really feisty since the second half. They're above 500. They end up losing the game today, 6-5 to five to the Houston Astros. But, again, hanging in there, being feisty. Whit Merrifield hitting a grand slam to give him a one-run lead in the seventh inning. That was the brightest sign of all. I mean, 6-1 and one last week, continuing to hang tough with the Houston Astros. All that's nice and well, but we've seen that story before with the Royals where they do well now in these months that don't matter and then it doesn't translate into a stronger season next year. But if Dayton Moore really wants this team to be a contender next year, not only do you have to continue to get progression and strong performances from your young players, which you did the other night with Daniel Lynch, and it seems like you continue to with Carlos Hernandez. Brady Singer was kind of hit or miss last night, but did show some nice flashes with the changeup. You need those players and the guys who are going to come up like Bobby Witt and Nick Prado to perform. But you also need the veterans to play well. And Whit Merrifield in the second half, Carlos Santana had both been really struggling. And for Whit Merrifield, you really weren't seeing any power this year. The steal numbers were really there, but even the average, the on-base, not as much as you're used to with Whit Merrifield of late. But he's starting to pick it back up. Over this last week or two, you're starting to see the average come back up for him and then culminating with the big grand slam against the Astros. And that is the type of things that, This team needs for him to continue to play like that, not just the rest of this season, but going into next year, too, if they do want to be a real contender, which seems like the plan for Dayton Moore next season. We're going to do our fullback and tight end previews for KU football today on this shorter show. We'll do that for you coming up next. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. Today is our fullback and tight end preview here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk as we go through all the different positional breakdowns. For KU football, did the quarterbacks and running backs the last couple days. Tomorrow, we'll have the wide receiver preview here on RCST. The fullbacks is obviously not a position of glory. It's also not one that you might not really know the names in there. It's also one that it's just a little harder to distinguish who the guys are going to be and how many guys are, are kind of eligible to play there. But if you go look at the KU football roster, three fullbacks listed on the team. Ben Miles is the one that I think most people know. 6'1", 237-pounder, fifth-year senior. Spencer Rowe is a 6'3", 262-pounder, so 
almost an offensive lineman, honestly, with Spencer Rowe. Redshirt Jr. from Lawrence went to Free State. And Jared Casey is a six foot, 254 pounder, redshirt freshman out of Plainville, Kansas. I, I think when you look at the fullback usage of Buffalo with Lance Leipold and Andy Kotelnicki on staff, you'll find that a fullback wasn't necessarily a staple of the past offense, at least in, in recent ones. Like, I'm looking at snap counts on Pro Football Focus 2020. Nobody was listed as a fullback 2019. Still nobody listed as a fullback getting snap counts 2018. Same thing. Maybe they were having some guys listed as halfbacks or, or tight ends rotate down as H-backs, but I guess that's the point. That hasn't really been a position of of need or or want for them so maybe we should almost view the fullbacks as an extension of the tight ends and that some of the players who are listed as tight ends are going to be that kind of h-back role where when you do need a fullback it's going to be from a tight end your extra tight end coming into that position or motioning into that position but maybe they will use a fullback at certain points in time if you go to our lads which they kind of speculate on depth charts and i don't know how accurate they are on the ku depth chart for instance, like Jason Beans listed as a starting quarterback. Maybe that's true. Um, but like Trevor Wilson's starting receiver, I'm, I'm not sure that's true either. Either way, you look at that and Ben Miles is listed as a starting fullback with Spencer Rowe behind them. So I, I don't know how much the position gets used, but if it is used, it just plain and simple has to be better for KU. Uh, if you go look at Pro Football Focus, they have fullback position grades. There were really not that many fullbacks who played a season ago in college football. By the ones that qualified under pro football focus and the amount of snap counts and and necessary plays to qualify, quote-unquote, you only end up with a couple handfuls, around 20 guys who qualified there. Ben Miles was third to last or second to last in terms of grade for a fullback. So if you're going to play a fullback, you have to have one that makes it worth it to have them on the field. Otherwise, you're better off just playing an extra receiver out there to spread things out or playing an extra tight end out there, doing something else, even another running back. Because if it's not going to be successful, what's the point? Ben Miles is a 36 pass blocking grade, 51 run blocking grade. Overall, the grade of 51.6 again, third to last there. So the fullback position has to improve for KU if they're going to use it. I'm still not sure they will use it, but if they do, then it becomes a vital part of the run blocking game, obviously. Well, KU was last a season ago in run blocking grade. They were a 48.7 grade on pro football focus, which was, again, last in the Big 12. Baylor at a 50.5. Everybody else was at 62 or above. And when you look at running back, like running grade of what the runners did, KU was right in line with teams like Baylor, West Virginia. They were above Oklahoma State. But because they didn't have the running grade on the run blocking, they weren't able to open up as many holes and be as efficient of a running offense. So I don't know how much they'll use the fullbacks, as I'm kind of alluding to. This is going to be a shorter preview on just the fullbacks. I don't know if that's in the cards. I don't know which ones they're going to use if they do that. More likely seems to me that it won't be a big part of the offense, especially not compared to what it was last year, and that when they do have those guys kind of move back into that fullback role, it's more going to be that tight end in motion. But whoever it is for KU this year, when they do use formations that need that fullback, that need that H-back, it's got to be better than it was 
in years past because it hasn't been very good. It hasn't created a schematic advantage. In fact, it's probably created a schematic disadvantage in addition to not being very good. It just has to be better, point blank, this season. FM 1017-1320-KLWN's Rock Chuck Sports Talk. We will preview the tight ends coming up. This is RCST. I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017-1320-KLWN. Depend on it. There are six tight ends listed on the KU football roster if you go online. Trevor Cardell, the six foot five, two hundred thirty four pound redshirt freshman from Lee Summit, Missouri. Mac Moeller is a six foot three, two hundred pound freshman. He's more of a receiver kind of tight end guy at six three, two hundred. Uh, Mason Brotherton, six four, two forty two, freshman out of Arkansas. Mac Copeland, six four, about two sixty, redshirt junior out of Wichita. And then you got Will Huggins, who's got great height, 6'7", 253, redshirt freshman from Lenexa. And Mason Fairchild, 6'5", 250-pound junior from Andale, Kansas. It's an interesting position group for a couple reasons. One, noticed a lot of youngsters, a lot of freshmen in that group. Cardell, Muller, Brotherton, Huggins, those are all freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And then even with Fairchild and Copeland, you're talking about juniors that still have another year left to play. And beyond that, Local kids, four from Kansas, one from Lee Summit, Missouri, and the other from Arkansas, not that far away. So you have really built this position group on local kids, and you have a lot of youth and I think potential in there. We've heard some talk about this position group being one that has really impressed so far for KU. And I think that's a good thing considering how we've heard so much about the multiplicity of the offense and how they want to do many different things. Having a good collection, having a good group of tight ends just furthers your ability to do so because you can use them as an H-back. You can put them back in a fullback position out of motion. You can use two or three tight ends in a given formation, whether you're trying to do something. You can put a tight end in the slot if you're spreading things out more and have kind of that size advantage if you have a good catching tight end or receiving tight end. You can use them a lot in special line situations down in the red zone to try to punch things in, whether it's getting extra blockers out there to run the ball or getting extra guys who can on play action get out in the open field and, and make a play against a smaller corner. So it gives you a lot of flexibility, and that's a really good thing for an offense that wants to be flexible, that wants to be multiple, to have these different guys that allow them to do different things. Here is KU offensive coordinator talking about the tight end group at Kansas. Happy with how they're progressing along. You know what I mean? You're, I, mean I think you're going to hear from Mason, right? Mason's coming over here. Unbelievable man. Yeah, he's got it. He's an engineering major. Make sure you ask him some questions about that. He gets it. Trevor Cardell's looking really good. Okay, in camp. Uh, Will Huggins is developing nicely. Okay. Ben Miles, Matt Copeland. Okay. And uh, Spencer Rowe and Jared Casey. All those guys are getting reps and they're all going to be able to have a role in what we're doing. And then we got the two, two young guys, Mason and Mac, that are coming in and learning and picking up. But they're uh, they're they're super coachable. They're a great group to coach. It's a, they're they're on top of all the things that we did all summer long. Uh, they're a blessing. They're fun to coach. And you might have noticed he mentioned Jared Casey there. Casey listed a fullback, but sounds like he's kind of in that role. Maybe that means he is kind of the guy as as a H back, a redshirt freshman from Plainville, Kansas. But yeah, uh, really good position group. I think possibly for KU this season. Uh, Trevor Cardell. Will Huggins, Mason Fairchild, these are guys that we've heard a lot about on the recruiting trail when they were coming to KU. And maybe this is the season, maybe this is the offense where they can kind of break out. You think of it more from a receiving aspect. 
but the blocking is obviously very important as well. Mentioned with the fullbacks, if you go to our lads, they just kind of do their best guess at a depth chart. It has Will Huggins and Mason Fairchild starting two tight ends. Trevor Cardell, Matt Copeland is back up. I think Trevor Cardell has a really good chance of maybe being that starting guy at the tight end position. Whoever the guys are, though, it's going to be of vital importance that they add something to this team that we mentioned with the fullbacks, the run blocking. Okay, you last in the Big 12 a season ago, run blocking grade on pro football focus. And with the tight ends, you might be in some situations where you're contributing to the pass blocking as well. The same goes for the fullbacks, but you might be chipping in a situation where there's a star D end at the other side and you're about to go out on a route, but before you do, you're helping and chipping the defensive end to help slow him down a little bit for the right tackle. KU's pass blocking grade a season ago, 18.2 on a scale of 100 per pro football focus. The next worst team was Kansas State. It was 52.6. We'll talk more about this in the offensive line, but there's a lot of room for improvement there, and it doesn't just come from the offensive linemen. And we'll, we'll get to this audio, like I mentioned, with the offensive line preview later. Uh, but Scott Fuchs, the offensive coordinator, mentioned that or the offensive line coach mentioned that it's not just about the offensive line playing well and and playing better. That obviously is important, but there's other things you can do around that offensive line group to help avoid sack numbers and negative plays in the offensive line struggling, like getting the ball out of your hands quick or having running backs contribute to the pass blocking or having tight ends chip guys and help slow them down. So therefore the tight end group becomes important and playing into the offensive line, getting better from even a pass-blocking standpoint. But obviously, they're going to be involved in the run-blocking as well. And when you think of the wide zone, immediately what comes to mind is the word wide, stretching the field horizontally with your running game, getting to the outside on your running game before you make a cut. Well, if you're getting to the outside, who is the blocker on the outside of the offensive line? It's the tight end. The tight end is the furthest out blocker of the offensive line. So theoretically, he is the last line of defense as a blocker for your running back. He's going to be critical in the run blocking game as well. With how the different tight ends performed a season ago, kind of a mixed bag for KU. Will Huggins was the highest rated tight end in terms of grade a season ago for KU and pro football focus. Ended up with a grade a little over 65, which put him at 15th among tight ends in the Big 12. Had a really good receiving grade, though, a little over 70. You need to see the blocking grades maybe move up a little bit more. James Siskinski is no longer with the program. He was the second highest graded tight end. You had Matt Copeland grading out after that. But again, a guy who uh, could see some improvement in terms of some of the blocking grades was under 60 at the run block, didn't have any receiving grades. Trevor Cardell had a 60 grade for both receiving and run blocking, but that's on two offensive snaps. He took a red shirt last year, so he didn't play him a whole ton. And then you have Mason Fairchild, who had a 63 receiving grade, which is what you'd want from a guy like that. But the pass blocking grade was 25, the run blocking grade 49. So continually, if you just look at kind of the theme here, it's even Jack Lovasso who's not on the team anymore, but 49 receiving grade, but zero pass blocking grade. Like you go through these guys and they've had guys who maybe they can help out in the receiving game, but what are they doing to impact that blocking game? And honestly, that's probably going to be the most important thing for this group this season. 
that's usually the case for a lot of tight ends. You're ending up as a blocker more than you are as a receiver. Like even in the case of, you know, if, if you think of like Travis Kelsey, you might catch what seven to 10 balls in a game. How many times are you blocking? Now, maybe there's more often than that, that you're running a route, so to speak. But like, if you look back at, at 2020 Buffalo and look at how they used their tight end under this current staff with Lance Leipold and Andy Kotelnicki and so forth. Trevor Borland logged 61 snaps, 60 were as a run blocker, one was as a pass blocker, zero as an intended target. Uh, Tyler Stevens, 23 snaps of play, 16 as a run blocker, seven as a pass blocker. Cole Berniston, 41 snaps, 38 as a run blocker, three as a pass blocker. Jake Molinich, 291 snaps, 199 as a run blocker, 20 as a pass blocker. He did get 72 targets, but again, you're getting way more uh, blocking attempts from him, and he did really good at it. He was their second primary tight end. He played the second most snaps of their tight end, and you know why? Because he had a 78.1 run blocking grade. Then there's Zach Lefebvre, who played the most. He was... 58 and a half as a pass blocker. He was the best pass blocking tight end. So that's why he got a lot of run. He earned 61 pass blocking grade compared to his 58 and a half receiving grade. And he was solid, not great run blocker. And he ended up with 197 snaps as a run blocker, 139 snaps as a pass receiver, nine blocks as a pass blocker. So most of these guys are being used in blocking situations, and what got a lot of them on the field was their ability to block in the running game. That is, I think, a good telltale of what you look at and say, this is how the tight ends are going to be used. They're going to be that focal point blocker on the outside in this wide zone scheme. They allow you to play different formations and be successful at being multiple on offense. They allow you to put in a couple tight ends on the outside or use a guy in motion and figure out what the defense is maybe by giving him a tell, by sending a guy in motion and using him as an H-back. And yes, they can be used as receivers, and they will at different points. But for the most part, this group is going to be deep and utilized with a lot of different guys because it's going to allow them to run different things offensively and run them well if the, the tight end unit executes it well because they're going to be asked to do a lot in both the passing game, but most importantly, in that run-blocking game. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Uh, we're going to complete our tight end preview here just with a further preview on some of the guys that I think might have the biggest impact. Trevor Cardell, Mason Fairchild could be in store for really strong seasons. I want to start with Cardell. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'5", 234 out of Lee Summit, Missouri. He also is a baseball player. He was a former three-star recruit out of Missouri and was a really good pass catcher for them. Uh, for his career at Lee Summit West High School, almost 2,000 career receiving yards, 23 touchdowns. He's an athletic guy, as you'd imagine, being a baseball player as well. But also, at 6'5", 234, he's not one of these lumbering tight ends. And he's got good size that he can definitely use in terms of height, that as an advantage. So Trevor Cardell could be the guy that I think you'll look at as being your best pass-catching tight end. Maybe Mason Fairchild is able to do that or a guy like Will Huggins. I think there's a lot of guys that could break out, but those are the three that I'm really mostly looking at. Cardell, Huggins, and Fairchild. Maybe somebody else steps up that we haven't really heard of as much, but I think Cardell could be a guy that, that really surprised you. As I mentioned, last year redshirted, so maybe you don't remember this guy as much from the recruiting class a couple years ago. 
he could be a nice piece for this offense that you move all around the field, either as a tight end or even as a, a bigger tight end, almost like slot receiver type of guy that kind of helps add to your depth and players and receivers if you're in like a shotgun spread where you got four receivers out there. Maybe he's kind of in the slot near the offensive line. You can send him in motion and do different things with him. I think he could be a nice piece for the offense. Got to catch up with Trevor Cardell at KU Football Media Days. Here is that conversation. What is it specifically you're being asked to do in the offense? Is it playing tight end? Is it an H-back? Is it kind of all over the field? Is there something specific you're doing right now? Uh, you know, with our offense, we're very multiple, so I'm learning um, – pretty much everything um for now um so yeah yeah. would you rather have a big highlight block where you just pancake someone or a big touchdown grab in the back of the end zone you know both sound very nice um that's a very hard question i i don't think i could be able to decide between those because those are both awesome awesome plays to think of do you have a favorite route to run um, I do not. What has been the biggest improvement for the tight end group, do you think, so far over the offseason? Um, I think the chemistry, a lot more communicating. Um, we're not just kind of running off on our own. It's very, uh, we've been very engaged, like, with each other. Mm-hmm. As far as just, like, how the practices are, are structured and, and oriented, um, what do you think has been the biggest difference right now with the new staff? Um, it's a lot more structured. Um, you know, it's, um, it's not as, uh, actually I'll say, yeah, I'd definitely say it's a lot more structured. Um, there's a lot more things for us to be doing. We're always engaged with each other. Um, so yeah. Do you have, uh, anything that you love to do outside of the football field? Uh, I love baseball as well. Um, I have picked up golf recently as well. How's that going? Um, not too bad. <laughs> uh, looking forward to going golfing with the family um, right before the season starts. So it's going to be fun. All right. Diagnose, uh, grade your golf game for Trevor Cardell. What's, what's the strength of the golf game? What's the weakness? <laughs> you know, it used to be driving, but right before fall camp, I got into a driving slump and could not hit the ball straight. Um, and... But recently, my short game has been top-notch, I would say. Love it. Well, thank you, Trevor. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll say this. I hope that if Trevor Cardell scores a touchdown this year, he has a golf swing celebration ready. We've seen the baseball swing before on the end zone celebration. I can't remember if we've ever seen anybody do it with the golf swing. Uh, yeah, That'd be great, too, if you like did the extended celebration or you just I mean, you're going to have to score multiple touchdowns over the course of the season, so that's the risk here. But if you score one touchdown, you pull out the driver, then I, I don't even know how you distinguish this. Then uh, the next touchdown you score, you know, you're chipping from around the green. And then the last touchdown you score, you emulate using a putter, maybe use the pie line there, although that's probably going to get you flagged. But who cares because it's cool anyway. And you just have the, over the course of the season, the completed golf celebration for Trevor Cardell. So I want to see that. I hope that he does that. The other guy that I'm really interested in is another guy we got to talk to in Mason Fairchild. 6'5", 250, good size out of Andale, Kansas. Again, another Kansas kid here. He started in six of the nine games that he played in a season ago. Five grabs, 57 yards, 
had a 27-yarder at one point in the season. And a guy that came in as a two-star prospect uh, was really good at Andale playing on the defensive end, the tight end, and a guy that you really thought could develop into a solid tight end for this program. And it seems like this could be the year that, you know, last year you start to see him play a little bit. Um, You start to see him grow a little bit in his game. Now as a junior, maybe this is kind of the breakout season for a guy like Mason Fairchild. Got to talk to him as well at KU Football Media Days last Tuesday. Here's that conversation with Mason. Here with tight end Mason Fairchild. So Mason, what's the uh, progression been for you as you've come into KU and, and kind of worked through the new staffs and everything? I mean, obviously, when, when you have a new staff, you kind of have to you know, figure out where you stand with them and, and uh, just try to prove to them that you are who you claim to be, you know, like as, as a leader. Um, obviously, you have to reestablish yourself with that new staff coming in, but you know, I think I've done a good job, you know, uh, showing that I can I am a capable leader and I can do whatever it is they, they need me to do. And are you being used as just the tight end? Is it sometimes as an H-back? Is it kind of all over the field? Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach likes to be multiple. He likes to put us in, in spots uh, to succeed, and, and, you know, that could be from anywhere on the, the field. So, Who is the fastest tight end? Um, you know, Mac Moeller, uh, the freshman. You know, he's, he's, he's 215 pounds, so, I mean, he, he's kind of pushing that wide receiver boundary, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let him have it. Who's the strongest tight end? Mm, Matt Copeland. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm working my way towards him. <laughs> I'm pushing every day to get closer. What have been some of your biggest improvements under Gildersleeve uh, so far here at Kansas? Uh, you know, uh, the, the little details, uh, that's something he's really been preaching on, you know, because it's it's not what you do, it's how you do, obviously, as that saying goes. But, you know, just really, really emphasizing, because you, you always talk about those little details, but really, really emphasizing and and putting that structure around you to, to be able to execute those small details has been really crucial to what we've been doing. Have you seen any differences in your speed on the field or your weight or what you're lifting, anything like that? I mean, definitely. Uh, we, we got progress reports from the, the beginning of the summer to the end of summer, and there, there's been noticeable differences in all, like all around the board, uh, especially for me uh, coming in as a freshman, I, I was kind of lacking upper body strength, and, and really this past summer I've been able to put a good 30 pounds on my bench, so... I'm, I'm definitely ex- uh, excited with what I've been able to do w- uh, with Coach Sleeve. Who is the funniest tight end on the team? I don't know. You know, personally, I'd, I'd say me. <laughs> uh, I know this doesn't count, but Coach K, uh, he, he's, he's a pretty funny guy. So, I mean, he's in that room technically, so he, he's yeah. a pretty funny guy. But, you know, personally, I, I'd say me. But, you know, I think everyone's subject to their own opinion. But. I think the consensus might be me. I don't know. We, we just we might have to figure that out, though. Do you have any favorite hobbies outside of football? I mean, just hang out with my bros, uh, little Xbox, you know, here and there. But, you know, f- football is the main thing. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Mason. Thank you. By the way, that's my favorite thing ever when you ask somebody like, oh, well, well what do you like to do? And they're just, oh, just, just hang out with friends, you know. And, like, I we've all been guilty of saying that before because it's just – Sometimes kind of an odd question and you don't really know how to answer it. So I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm just it's just kind of a funny answer in general that people give, like as if to say, Oh yeah, what do you not like to do? Like, oh, I hate hanging out with people. I guess some people maybe they're more social hermits in that way. So I don't know. Uh but I do think he could have a really good year. And whereas Trevor Cardell 
maybe the body size makes you think, oh, he's going to be more of a, a receiving tight end, and everything I mentioned in the earlier tight end preview makes you think that, yeah, they're really going to emphasize run blocking with these tight ends. Maybe that really makes you think that Fairchild, with his body, could be a, a guy that, that really plays into that. And then you heard some of his answers as well, where he was talking about the superlatives of some of the guys at the tight end position. And he mentioned Matt Copeland as maybe being the strongest. Maybe that thinks, uh, obviously, being the strongest has to translate into the run blocking. But if he does that, then maybe that makes you think he can play a pretty big role in the offense. Uh, the other guy that I'm really intrigued by in this tight end room is Will Huggins. We heard so much about him coming out of high school. He was a three-star recruit, chose KU over, like Oklahoma State was one of the teams he picked KU over, went to Shawnee Mission South High School, and was a, a really, really good high school player playing multiple positions. Tight end, he was, to show his athleticism, again, this is it, he's six foot seven, 253 pounds is what he's listed at. I don't know what he was in high school, but he played safety in high school at that height, or some similar height and weight, I'm sure. He was also the team's kicker and punter. I mean, this dude is a heck of an athlete. So he's the guy that I'm circling as saying, well, maybe he has the biggest like superstar potential. At that body, body that frame, just a redshirt freshman, he did play in the final three games of the year for KU, had a 20-yard gain against, uh, I think it was Oklahoma, a season ago. He's a guy that I could see breaking out as well. And the beauty of all these guys that we've gone over is, again, you don't have any seniors on the roster, so if anybody does break out, if anybody does have a really good season, and in a lot of their cases, four of the six, they're freshmen, you're going to have a lot more years of these guys to continue to develop and be a part of this offense, this multiple offense going forward, which is obviously a good thing for a program like Kansas. That is your tight end preview. We will have the wide receiver preview coming up tomorrow on Rock Chuck Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.